Welcome in. It is episode number 14 of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark from Glenn Clark Radio alongside Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. It is our weekly trip around the world of professional wrestling, the WWE and Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, all of the worlds of wrestling. And a very difficult week this week, uh, no doubt, as uh, we were listening in to the theme song of the late, great Dusty Rhodes, who passed away at the age of 69, and Aaron, we got a lot that we're going to do this week, but um, I, it's tough to come up with words, really. You know, like, I, I, I was thinking about this when, when the news came down on uh, Thursday. I said, I can't, I honestly can't believe how much this seems to hurt me. You know, like, I, we haven't seen a ton of Dusty Roads lately. I am not, I think you and I are both not really of the age that Dusty was a major part of our childhood, of our of our life growing up as professional wrestling fans, but damn it, this one stung. It's, it's you know, we, we've gotten to a point here as fans, as wrestling fans, where nothing shocks us anymore when it comes to death. You know, things might sting slightly, but it very rarely really, really hurts. This one hurts. Yeah. This one's painful, and it, it's just a testament to Dusty that he was able to you know, reach so many different generations. As as you said, neither of us, we weren't watching wrestling in the mid-80s. We weren't watching mid-Atlantic. I don't know we anything were, about the Crockett, we, you know, promotion. Yeah, we I mean, I, not, not, I say I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything of watching it. Of You know, I've, I've gone back and I've watched all this. I've watched his, his feuds with the Four Horsemen with Flair. Um, but, you know, it, it just, it shows exactly how much he meant that, you know, when he did go to WWF, despite being saddled with the most ridiculous gimmick, intentionally being saddled with the most ridiculous gimmick to try to bury him, that he was able to get over. That's, that's the first glimpse I got of Dusty Rhodes was the polka dot wearing American dream with sweet sapphire. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as terrible as it was, you know, he was over. Yeah. I, as a kid, yeah. I loved Dusty Rhodes, the common man, the right. American dream. You know, I even loved his goofy announcing in WCW. But the fact that, you know, my girlfriend, who I, I recently got into wrestling over the past few years, I tell her about it, and she just, she looked like she got shot. Wow. You know, just from, you know, the little things you see of him in the backstage with NXT, the things that he's done with Stardust and Gold Dust. Yep. The, you know, as much as people, of course, all day have been talking about the stuff from the 80s, as they should, because the stuff of the 80s was the greatest stuff ever, people forget one of the greatest moments of the past five years in wrestling was him coming out with Cody and with Gold Dust at Battleground 2013. When their jobs were on the when line. When their jobs were on the He gave the bionic elbow to Dean Ambrose, and the moment of them hugging in the ring, just all of them crying. Is that the Shield's first loss? No. No. Uh, no, because they, they, they lost a screwy match like back in the okay. spring or something. Okay. So they, they weren't invincible at this point. But um, just just all that. Like, that was one of the best moments in wrestling oh, in was... the past five years. It was a tremendous moment. And it was because, uh, largely because Dusty was there. And, and we got to see Dusty again. And he had all the emotion on his face. And just everything about Dusty Rhodes, you know, 
you can say there were better performers overall. You can say Ric Flair. You can say the Rock Uncle, whoever you want. As far as connecting with the audience, as far as the guy you could root for, a guy you could see yourself in, that was Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, in my mind, I think you make a very good case, is the greatest babyface in the history of wrestling. When you mean true babyface, not tweener, not, you know, like when you mean just guy that's really, really liked and over and not because he was necessarily trying to be cool, like just... A guy who you loved, yeah. a guy you wanted to run up and give a big hug to. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of describing it. He he looked like your dad, you know, like he was the guy that it it didn't make sense that that he was this larger than life figure. He just seemed like just a guy. I guess larger than life. His character was certainly larger than life. But I, I man, here's a couple things that came to mind when I was thinking about Dusty. You're absolutely right about that moment at Battleground, and it it came to mind quickly. Um, a couple of the other things that, that, that came to mind were just to hear others talk about Dusty and the role that he has played in in their lives. And I know that immediately there was this outpouring from the professional wrestling community after Dusty passed away. And it, it was from all over the place. It was from guys that have been around for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. It was from guys that still haven't even cracked the WWE roster at this point. It was remarkable to me to see how the impact was felt on by everyone. Everyone in the professional wrestling community was touched in some way by Dusty Rhodes because of his, you know, he was everywhere. Dusty spent time, obviously spent a lot of time with the WWE. We talked about NWA and, and Crockett, but he spent time with TNA. He spent time with WCW. He spent time everywhere. ECW. He spent about a year in ECW as well. And I, I guess I hadn't wrestled. even thought about that. You know, I, I do want to, you talked about the outpouring of emotion. There, there's something I want to read here. It's from Kevin Owens, and he did a, he put out a, not brief, but it was one of the twit longer things. Him and Sami Zayn did it. Sami's was much longer, and as much as I'd love to read that out, that would take about five minutes. This is one I can read it in about a minute. I'd just like to read it word for word, because I right. think that it really encapsulated what Dusty meant to so many people. This is from Kevin Owens. Dusty, these past few weeks I kept telling myself that I had to find time to stop by the Performance Center and talk to Dusty. I wanted to thank him for all of his help in the last year and make sure he knew how grateful I was for the chance I got to work with him. But I've been very busy and just couldn't find the time. Well, today I learned that Dusty Rhodes has passed away. There are no words to express the sadness I feel, not only because I won't get to see him or talk to him or laugh with him again, but because I didn't get to tell him how special he was to me. So today I invite you to make make time to tell all the people in your lives how much they mean to you. You never know what tomorrow will bring. I can only hope that even though I didn't get to tell him directly, Dusty knew how much I appreciated and valued his help, wisdom, support, and friendship. He was unlike anybody I've ever met in this industry, and to say that I will always remember him and be thankful for the honor of having known him is an understatement. In the meantime, the entire NXT crew is on its way to Pittsburgh, where we will do what we do best. And you can bet that every single second of tonight and every other NXT show this week are dedicated to the memory of the legendary, the one and only Dusty Rhodes. Wow. My thoughts are with his family and friends at this time, especially his children. Your father was an incredible coach and even better man. He will be missed. Dusty used to call us his NXT kids. Well, I think I speak for all of us when I say that tonight and every other night from here on night on out, we will give it our all for you, Dusty. We will make you proud, Dream. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for everything. Man, it doesn't give you goosebumps. It, I mean, yeah. I, I had trouble just getting through that one. Yeah, um, I believe it. But, and I think that, you know, as much as it pains all of us, 
we forget he was still so active in the WWE community. He was NXT as much as you know. We give credit to Triple H as much as you know. Bill, we talk about Bill DeMott and now Matt Bloom, uh, Albert down there training them. The NXT was dusty and FCW was kind of Dusty's baby for yeah. the longest time. He was the reason that Kevin Owens can talk. Kevin Owens was not a great mic man down in Ringo. He was fine, but he wasn't great. Sami Zayn didn't talk at all when he was on the Indies. He's now one of the better mic. That's directly because of Dusty Rhodes. Huh. Huh. That's remarkable. You have um you've compiled some clips, right? I, I, I have. Um, you know, there are I, too many to play. There's so well, many. Well, I want to go through a lot of them because, again, and I, I think this is important. You and I uh, talking about it, the context doesn't exist, right? Like, we we know, we, we are informed as to how much Dusty meant. But, again, we didn't feel it the same way growing up. It wasn't exactly the same to us. I was very aware of Dusty Rhodes, and certainly he was somebody that, from afar, I respected a great deal. And I could sit here and I could try to... You know, offer my own sentiment, but it's it's hollow because this isn't about me. I think that this is about Dusty, and I thought this was a really neat way that we could go about doing this, which is to sort of take this segment and just relive what made Dusty so freaking great. So I'll let you kind of walk us through this. All right. Um, this is the most uh, arguably – some people say it's the greatest wrestling promo in the history of the business. Most people will put him in the top five, top ten. But it's the one that he's known for. It's the Hard Times promo. Oh, right, yeah. The Hard Times promo. I'm just, I'm not even going to give it any build. Here we go. Say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect. No honor. There is no honor among these in the first place. He put Hard Times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what Hard Times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard times. That's hard times. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. We could go farther into that. That's a three and a half minute long promo, and I mean, it's perfect. It's it's the it's, best. It's perfect, and it tells it tells a story in a way that I, I I don't know if it's because pro wrestlers today are so desperately desirous of being cool, yes, and yes. telling a story doesn't come off as being cool. But that is what can capture any average person and turn them into a professional wrestling fan. I get this storyline. You make fun of it by saying it's similar to the South Park storyline, right? Like you you took our jobs. They took our jobs. But um, that's the concept. The concept is tell me a story and why I should care about this character and why I should care about this character. A couple of things in there. We always remember about Dusty. Daddy. Daddy. Baby. You know, like that's indeed, yes, indeed. Yeah, that's the type of stuff that we remember about Dusty, and it's so subtle, and it could have been very organic. It could just have been the way he was, and he translated into the character, but he never let go of it, and it became so iconic for him. That was perfect. It, it's just such a great one, and it, he goes back to he kind of goes off a little bit and says, you know, I'm going to go after you, and then at the end he goes back to the hard, hard times, times idea. Hard times. It's, it, it's so good, and Paul Heyman talks about when 
he was first. He was Paulie Dangerously. Yeah. And he cut one of his first promos to, I don't know if it was to hype up the Dangerous Alliance at the time. I think it was a little bit before that, but it was one of his real early promos to hype up a Clash of the Champions. And he goes out and he gives, you know, this this big promo about how, you know, he has a great guy and he's going to beat a bad guy. And he then he goes back to Dusty Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes says, you know, that was a great promo, but you didn't get you. Didn't, where was the money? Where was the money? Where, show me the fight here. And that has been yeah. What Paul did you Heyman's, What did you just sell? Yeah, and that has been Paul Heyman's mindset since. Wow. Like, it, it's amazing. Dusty Rhodes has touched so many different parts of the industry now. Without Dusty Rhodes, you know, Paul Heyman isn't the greatest mic worker today. Ric Flair, you know, Ric Flair versus Dusty Rhodes made Ric Flair Ric Flair as much as anything else. Like, you, it's amazing to say, right? Like, it's amazing to think that's possible. You know. People talk about him as a booker, and he wasn't the best booker, but he was also integral in some big parts in WCW. Look at the last pay-per-view. Look at Elimination Chamber. How did it end? It ended with a, a dusty, dusty finish. finish. Yep. And How granted, fun. you know, the dusty finish has been overplayed, and some people criticize him for it, but at the same time, it's an impact on the industry. It's sad that it's ironic, you know, that that, that was the final event that they had before his passing, but... In a way, it's it's sort of a beautiful kind of a tribute to him that that's the last event that WWE had ended with a dusty finish in his lifetime. I, I want to play this other one. Yep. It was, it's another great one uh, when uh, Baby Doll turned on him and joined the Four Horsemen, and this was a quick clip of it. it's about 45 second clip, but I just want to play this one. Sonny Blanchard, you should have broke my neck, Daddy. You should have tore my heart out of my body. The whipping you're gonna get. It's gonna be shameful. The whipping you're gonna get, Iron Anderson, is gonna be shameful. The whipping you get, Ole Anderson, is gonna be shameful. And the whipping you get, Ric Flair, is gonna be shameful and baby doll. Shame on you, mama. I know you better than anybody. I know you better than anybody. It's going to be shameful. God. God. It's it's the, the part of pro wrestling that, again, we just don't see enough of, which is the acting, which is the really selling out for a character and not trying to be, you know, your own person, the, trying to be cool, trying to do the, um, oh, uh, the, the work shoot thing, yeah. you know, where like it's it, it's selling out to this is who I am when those cameras are rolling. Yep. This is who I am, and I'm nothing other than this. Period. You, you know how you can tell that he was truly over the masked rider gimmick was the dumbest thing ever. It was of all time. He, right. he he was suspended for 120 days and comes back someone who sounds like him and looks like him, but he's the masked rider. He's not Dusty Rhodes. And it was over. Like, Hulk Hogan couldn't pull it yeah, off when he, he was tried Mr. Mr. America, America. right? But he couldn't pull it off. Most people could not pull it off with any sort of success. And Dusty Rhodes just Blue, owned The Blue it. Blazer. I mean, that was fun, but yeah. you, you didn't own it the way. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Just the Masked Rider, that was great. Just everything about Dusty Rhodes was so great. And I, I love the, the, the repeating words that you know yep. what this promo is about. And it's something that... We've gotten away from because, again, you're trying to 
be cool. You're just trying to get, you know, you might try to get a punchline in, but you're not boring it in the people's heads. This is going to be shameful. Well, and it's, it's the hard of, times. Well, I, I think what's the, what's the most? Oh God, I can't believe I'm about to say this. What's the the line, the single line from any promo that's been repeated the most in the last three years? What? No, no. no. Well, I mean, that's older than <laughs> I, three years. In the last three years, it's how sad it is. Nine ninety nine. <laughs> it's how sad, right? Yeah. Like. It's it's a commercial and it's been the, the most repeated phrase of anything because of a promo and it's just a shame there aren't there isn't more it's a shame there are not more that stand out from the last few years. You know what's amazing to me and you know I heard this uh, I was we were getting off work I was producing a show we were going back to the bullpen and that's when it broke I got the email from a WWE about it I saw it on Twitter. And for a while there, most of us, uh, me, Al Galdi, who's another huge wrestling this fan. Is at, this is at ESPN 980 at in ESPN Washington, D.C. Indeed. And uh, Chris Russell, we were, we were just kind of quiet and like, whoa, you know, we were stunned. And then I start, you know, playing some of the, I play the American Dream. You just sit so, around and watch. Well, and I play some of those. And we just couldn't hap- help but smile. Yeah. It, it I wanted to be sad, but I couldn't. When I when I heard that music, the common man, the the I can't remember common soul, whatever they called it there. When I played uh, one of these promos I'm about to play up here, that's just it's so over the top. You, but you, Dusty pulled it off. You know perfectly. who the parallel is to that, and and certainly this person's death. I think they had much more sadness surrounding it because he was much younger, and and the circumstances were. Owen. No, I'm saying outside of wrestling. Oh. Is uh is Farley. Yeah, that's the parallel, and yeah. and and you talk about someone who's you know you have this tremendous sadness, but then you watch their work and you're like, you know what, I I can't be sad anymore. Yeah, and 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 you're right, yeah, you, you feel that way about Dusty, like you have this unbelievable sadness about this, and then you remember his work and you're like, damn it, he left an awful lot. God, he left an awful lot. And, and I I want to play this one just because you know it's not one that's necessarily remembered, but it's one that just only he could have pulled this off. Right. No one else on the planet could have. But here we go. Well, David, you know my youngest, Jill Margaret, is two and a half years old. And I tell her a story about the cold-blooded sausage maker that's walking through the woods. And these little pigs run around. And he grabs the little pigs, and he making cold-blooded sausage out of them. But always in that story, when she's scared and her eyes are big as silver dollars, the American dream comes and saves the little piggies. But in this case... I am the cold-blooded sausage maker. Tully Blanchard. And you the little piggies. And you running around with one big pig. That's right. Now I hope my mama don't call David and get on for me talking this way. But she ain't no lady. She ain't no ten. She's nothing more than something off the... I ain't even gonna talk about it. And you talking about now, you got to deal with a dealer. That's fine. Because that's risky business. Uh. I am risky business. Uh. I am the cool, bloody sausage maker. <laughs> it's the best. Oh, it's it is so the great. absolute best. Oh, that's so great. Oh, it's just telling a story, man. Ah. God, that's wonderful. It's just so freaking wonderful. Where is that now in professional wrestling? No one could do that. That kills. Oh, that's so tremendous. The cold-blooded sausage maker. I want my grandfather to say that to me. I want to hear that story from him. Oh, 
God. You got any others you want to share? Uh, I mean, those were the, the three main ones. I, I could have pulled, again, I could have pulled 50 out of here and just played all of them. Uh, those were just a couple of the ones that I, I felt really needed to be played. But, uh, now the funny thing is, you know, we're, we're talking about the promos. We haven't even gotten to his ring work. Right. Like that, that's what we, we've just spent 20 minutes talking about his promos, talking about his character. And he put out some of the greatest matches of the 80s. Him and Flair, him with a bunch of people against the Four Horsemen. You know, the Flair Dusty feud. If you told if you told me it was the greatest feud in the history of wrestling, I don't know if I'd agree with you 100, huh. but I I, I wouldn't yeah, say. Yeah, what would be arguing against? Right. I, yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. That's for sure. It's that's definitely a top three all time feud. Uh, did a lot of great work with Harley Race. Did uh, uh, good work with uh, at, at times even the likes of uh, Nikolai Volkov and superstar Billy Graham for sure. Did a lot of good work with him. I just an unbelievable run, an unbelievable run, an unbelievable legacy, and um, you know, great sadness, great sadness. It's it's it it really is just a huge loss. That's what we feel right now. It's not so much yes, it's sadness, but it's loss. You know, I can I can play these and I can smile. There there are sometimes when just nothing will make me smile. What do they do on Monday, by the way? Uh, they here here's I think one of the biggest crimes that just just about when this happened. Goldust is on the shelf right now. He's yeah. injured. How perfect would it have been if on Monday night it starts out, Goldust comes out, either Stardust or Cody Rose, they decide, okay, this is going to be the trigger to turn him back a good Right. They wrestle a half hour, and then at uh, the end they do a 10-bell salute. Like, really great, man. Unfortunately, Goldust is injured. That won't happen. I'm, I'm sure what will happen, you know, they'll have everybody out. Right. They'll do the 10-bell right. salute. I, the one thing I do... And I, I know they'll, they will do this, but I, I'm kind of cringing thinking about it. Is that they're going to do the video where everyone does their dusty impression? Yeah, I, I don't need that. Yeah, I, I don't need that. But um, you know, I, I don't want to think, uh, you know, necessarily about it because I want to think about Dusty. But Cody is going to be an interesting story from here, right. from this point. What do they do with Cody? Do they use this as a trigger to turn him back into Cody Rhodes? from stardust do they use this to push him as a baby face or do they just let him go with what what they're doing and it'll be one night of true sadness but then they'll you know as dusty would have wanted the show must go on and uh you know they'll just go with the whatever plans they already had just a quick thought and and i I try to say this the right way i don't need john cena to be the captain of the dusty Rhodes um tribute on monday night and it's not because I don't think that that John that Dusty Rhodes probably had an impact on John Cena's life. I have no doubt that he did. I don't like it when someone passes away and they try to use it to continue to put over their top guy. Yeah, it it should I just be don't, it should I've be never Cody. Right. Flair could come out if Flair came out and did some you know like put a put a dusty shirt in the middle of the ring. That would be fantastic. Right. right. Or came out wearing a dusty shirt. That would be fair. even though you know if you read Flair's autobiography, he legitimately hated Dusty. Hmm. Um, hmm. I, I'm sure that that'll any anything yeah, he I'm, says will go away at this right, point. And right. for all I know, they might have buried the hatchet. But um, you know, if they did something connected to it. But I agree. You know, I'm sure Cena will do something because he is the leader of the locker room. And so, I understand that. I just don't need him to be the captain of the Dusty tribute. Right. I, I don't like it when the tribute to a performer becomes more about another opportunity to put over our guys. Right. Right. I don't. I don't need that. I don't like it. It kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I, I want it to be an opportunity to for it to be about nothing other than Dusty and the memories of Dusty. And the other the tricky thing is, and I understand this, their their show on Monday nights is not 
typically about 70-year-old wrestlers. No. And so it's it's a it's a tough line to walk. They they always go over the top when an active wrestler passes well, I, away. I, I'll say this. I really liked what they did with the Warrior last year when uh, Warrior passed away. Yeah. I thought that was a really good balancing of a lot of memorial and and a lot of wrestlers having their own homage. I remember the Usos had the Warrior face paint on right. instead of their normal right. face paint. You know, just little things here and there. I thought last year was perfect for that. If they did something like that year, I think they should go a little bit bigger because I think that Dusty had a much more personal impact on those guys much more than Warrior did. But um, it, they're in a tricky spot because, you know, you don't want to punt an entire episode. At the same time, Dusty is one of those guys where you would consider Unbelievable. punting yep. an entire episode for. What an impact. Um, safe home. Dusty Rhodes, safe home, and uh, thank you on behalf for all wrestling fans. Thank you for the incredible impact that you made on the business and for the overwhelming amount of entertainment that uh, that you gave us over the years. And whew, this one sucks. This one it, sucks. It's painful. It is. Yeah. Um, we do a show, and as part of the show, in a very similar way to what the WWE is going to be dealing with, we. We have other things that we're supposed to do, other topics that we're supposed to address, and um, there's a there's a WWE pay-per-view coming up on Sunday night, and um, we're going to do those things that we always do, and it doesn't mean that this is going to be the last that we talk about Dusty during the course of of this week's show. It'll come up more. Uh, Our buddy AJ Francis, our third, uh, our our main eventer, is going to join us in the next segment, as he always does before a pay-per-view, and I know he'll want to talk about Dusty, and everyone's going to want to talk about Dusty. Um, but much like what the WWE is going to do, we're going to continue to do our show as well. And as Aaron said, that's Dusty. The show must go on. And we hope that we appropriately took the time to recognize the significance of the man. And and part of that significance is he's a big reason why we get to sit around and goof about wrestling every week because of the impact that Dusty Rhodes made. So when we come back in, we will uh, look ahead And we will talk about Money in the Bank, and we will talk about what's going on right now in the WWE. Our buddy A.J. Francis of the Miami Dolphins will join us in segment number two. We still have a lot to do. It's episode number 14, our tribute to Dusty Rhodes on Jobbing Out. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen. Powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkinbaseball.com slash camps. Over the years, thousands of people have asked the burning question. What makes Royal Farms world-famous chicken world-famous? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Is it Royal Farms' secret recipe? Is it because it's always fresh, never frozen? Or that it's cooked on the spot, right in the store? Absolutely. See? Mm-hmm. Told ya. But there's another big reason. Royal Farms buys bigger chickens. 
as much as 40% bigger than other chicken places. So when you buy Royal Farms' world-famous chicken, you get plumper, juicier pieces, more bites to the box, and more chicken for your money. Ooh! All right! Yeah! Royal Farms' world-famous chicken. It begins with bigger chickens and ends with what most people think is the best-tasting chicken in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Right now, get 10 of our always fresh, never frozen, hand-breaded chicken tenders for just $12.99 at Royal Farms. Wrestling fans, it's time for Wrestle Crate. Wrestle Crate is a pro wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. All right, I don't know about you guys, but when my car goes up, there's nothing in the world worse than having to pick up the phone and call my mother-in-law, who I love, and say... Can I ask you a favor? Could you come get me and take me to work? Oh, it's so uncomfortable. That's why I turned to First Choice Automotive in Joppa, 710 Pulaski Highway, 410-676-5552. Free towing with all repairs. Free loaner cars with major repairs. First Choice Automotive, fcautomotive.com. Make them your first choice when it comes to your vehicle. Money, 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 money. Segment number two, jobbing out, back in here, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. And, yes, he's back, our main event. The main event. You know, I think that I'm excited to talk to him, and then I remember that, nope, I'm not. He's just going to piss me (laughs) off again. But he is our uh, buddy. We love him. From the Miami Dolphins, he is A.J. Francis. We got to start. You know, we spent about a half hour talking about this before uh, you came on. Uh, Dusty, what what are your thoughts, man? Man, it's sad, bro. It really is because, I mean, Dusty is what professional wrestling is personified by, man. He's a regular – he was a regular guy from Texas that just ended up working his ass off um, and was just entertaining as hell. He didn't have the best body for it. He didn't have, like – all of when you look at Dusty, you would never say that guy's going to main event WrestleMania one day. But he's one of the best ever to ever do it, just because he was so charismatic. He had so many great lines, and he was a phenomenal performer in and out of the ring. So, like, it's sad to see that he he's gone. I feel bad for Dustin. I feel bad for Cody. I feel bad for their whole family. It's I, I feel bad for all wrestling fans because it it, it really is sad to see Dusty go. And he went out with a Dusty finish, man. He went out with a surprise that nobody saw coming. There's no better way for Dusty to go out, to be honest with you. I don't... You know, we, we sat here earlier, and all of us, you're and you're younger than even we are, like, we were not in the Dusty era, but yet there's something about him that even we know, it's, it's, it, it's really hard to describe just the impact that the dude had. Yeah, man. I mean, Dusty was everything, man. Dusty, people... 
like I went back and obviously because I'm a massive nerd, but I went back and watched. I'm, I've said that about of, you. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I went back and watched all of like his matches with the Four Horsemen and Ric mm-hmm. Flair, and I mean, it was just Dusty was everything, man. Dusty was down south wrestling. Dusty was everyone that you wanted to be, and Ric Flair was everything you wanted to hate, and it was just good and evil personified, and nobody told better stories than those guys. I mean, it was just fantastic, and it's, it's sad to see that he's gone, man. It really is. Yeah, we were just talking about the storytelling thing, and it's something that's such a lost art anymore in pro wrestling, and, and, and guys that are too busy being cool to try to actually play the character and tell the story, and damn it, you go back and listen to those promos and how he told the story mm-hmm. so perfectly in all those promos, that the things that that gets someone who has no interest in professional wrestling to get on board and say, okay, I'm, I like this, there's something here for me, is the storytelling that Dusty Rhodes could do. Yeah, man, and, you know, he was the super genius, baby. He was the super genius, and I'm glad, I'm sad that, you know, he's gone, man. It really, it's a, really, it's a dent in the wrestling world today, for sure. All but right. that, I mean, but you, what you just did was kind of the perfect thing about Dusty Rhodes. We are all broken up about it, yet we're laughing. Yeah, it's we're, true. we're having a good time reminiscing about Dusty, and, and I think that almost more than anything else shows just who Dusty yeah, it's Rhodes a testament was. To the man. I mean, Dusty Rhodes went out and and put it all out there, and everyone loved him for it. I mean. He, he's just one of the best of all time. And the thing is, like, I hope when I leave this earth that people, like, yeah, they're sad that I'm gone, but they, the, the very first day I'm gone, they're just talking about all the jokes and the pranks and the one-liners I would always pull and, like, all the nerdy stuff I would do. And, like, it was just, that's what I hope that people do for me when I'm gone. And, I'm, I, and that's exactly what's happening right now in Dusty. Uh, I'm, I'm well reading. Said. I'm reading, by the way, right now. Paul Heyman finally like sat down and said, "I, I can finally start." And and he's just going. He's going yeah. all night with thoughts about Dusty. It's unbelievable. Uh, it, it's so funny to see like all the NXT guys. Like Kevin Owens out. He's yeah. out in Pittsburgh tonight. He uh, he put a bunch of polka dots on his KO shirt, and he that's put so cool. he put this big story out about how much. And I mean that that's one of the things that's forgotten about Dusty is how much he he still impacts NXT. How much he's yeah. just training all these. Kevin Owens is not doing this feud with Cena right now if it's not for Dusty Rhodes. It's a great point. It's a great point. All right. Um, as, we as, said in, yeah. as we said in the first segment, what we know about Dusty is he would want the show to go on. I mean, that's that's he loved the business. He loved the performers. And on Saturday or on Sunday night, uh, the show's gonna go on, and they're gonna have yeah. an event. Uh, Money in the Bank, our third pay per view in the last four weeks. Which have all been fantastic, okay? Let's all <laughs> calm down. Do you salute, like, the, do you have a WWE flag that you hang from your, your house that you no, salute in the morning? No, I just call it spade a spade. Have the last two pay-per-views in the last month not both they've, been fantastic? They've, they've been very good. They've been good. They've definitely been good. I don't know. I, fine. They've been really good. Shut up, AJ. I hate you. <laughs> You know, two weeks ago, I actually started to side with you on a couple of things. It was really weird. I said to myself, I'm not doing that tonight. I'm coming right back at you. I'm getting combative again. I've got fighting words for you this week, Francis. All right. Hey, not- look, last, all I say about Elimination Chamber, other than the fact that I called Kevin Owens winning. <clears throat> uh-uh. Hang on. Hang on. But who called, that- who called something else that night? 
you called Ryback winning. Congrats. That's not. Hey, hey, that was a bigger oh, upset. That bro, was a bigger upset. Bro, did you check the Vegas odds? That was okay, the biggest on, upset of the night. What was your argument against why you said, when I said Kevin Owens would win? What was your argument? I, know, I think I said you were insane. Is Cena in the match? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I said. Spoiler that's Cena right. That's exactly what I said. All right. Fine. Shut up. Right. Shut up. You guys are talking about Cena. You guys are talking about Owens. You are jumping ahead All right. of the true MVP of WWE right now, who's in the pre-show of uh, Money in the Bank, and that's our truth Oh, my God. You know, He's the MVP of WWE, without bro, question. he is the GOAT. I, I swear to... For, fuck LeBron James. <laughs> R-Truth is the GOAT. And I will make it my personal campaign. I will scream from the mountaintops until every single one of you a-holes understands the greatness that you have been able to witness in the last few years from R-Truth. Dude, that guy kicks ass. And all Ever you since come- little Jimmy. Ever Correct. Since little Jimmy, he's yes. been fantastic. He but, kicks but, ass. Look, I know Monday night was his coup de grace. That, that was the I greatest understand. thing ever. It was the most remarkable thing ever. But you know, that did not get me on the bandwagon. I, I have know. been Correct. preaching Correct. to everyone that will listen how great our truth is. And God damn it, I am so happy that he got to have a moment like that. Dude, we'll we'll never forget that. It was one of the more perfect moments they've done in a very long time. I mean, that, that was Roman and uh, Dolph Ziggler legitimately cracking up in the ring. There was no way that that was planned. <laughs> it was so perfect. Neither I don't one think... of them is a good enough actor to right. laugh. Exactly. Way. And the other thing I can tell you, why, what I don't, I don't think it was planned. They didn't include it in the uh, fan recap oh, video they, they posted. On uh, YouTube the next day. So that, that was just a gag. I think that like, was, go out, go out there. Correct. I think that was totally just sort of spur of the moment and brilliant. Kane deadpanning, uh, why are you out here? You're not in God. the match. was so good. <laughs> well, see ya. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Anyway, well, who's he facing? Uh, he, R-Truth he, wins. He's, he's facing Barrett in the pre-show. Well, if R-Truth doesn't win, then there is no fairness in the world. Yeah, the king of the ring seems to be pointless. I thought they would try to do something with it. I told the you. The way Barrett just keeps losing. I hope he just snaps out of it and goes back to Bad News Barrett, and that's the ultimate play, and they just wanted to put some more stuff on the network with the king of the ring. I'm going to go with R-Truth. Dude, I, 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 ha- I hope it's R-Truth. I, I have really- to have R-Truth win this match. You have no idea. I need R-Truth in my life through SummerSlam. Remember when Santino back in 2012 started, you know, doing the same comedy bit, but he started getting really over. They they finally rewarded him for for being funny, being awesome. Almost won the heavyweight title and then won the U.S. title. They need to do that with Truth. I agree, man. I don't care. You know, put him in a tag team if you want and have him win the tag belt. He deserves some sort of title reign. God, he's so good. It's so it, and he was handed garbage. And turn it into something good. He, that guy is a winner, man. That's an yeah, absolute rock star, dude. I'm, I'm telling you, I, ooh, I we, we're gonna end up talking about our truth for the rest of eternity. <laughs> I know we have more our truth still to come later on the show. I, I freaking love our truth. He better win this damn match. All right, what about the main card? <laughs> All right, the, uh, the main card. Oh, let's start with. Well, you brought him up. The Intercontinental Title Match: Ryback versus The Big Show. All right, I'll let you go first, AJ. Yeah, I didn't really understand why they gave away that big spot of him picking up Big Show yep. on Raw. I didn't really understand why they would give that away. No, I thought like I that. thought WWE does everything right, Francis. <laughs> no, I thought they do everything no, never, right. It I makes all the sense in the world, right? Because you say they never do anything wrong. No, I'm just not a cynical fuck like you guys. <laughs> that just thinks they do everything wrong. Except so, R-Truth. They haven't done anything wrong with R-Truth. 
So, like, yeah, I thought, I don't know, I didn't know why they did yeah, that, that, but... That was the like whole point the, of the match, yeah, right that's there. Saying. I feel like that was the point of the match itself, and then to give that away, I don't know why, maybe it was uh, just to get a big pop for Ryback to try to get him even more over than he already is, which would make sense, he is Intercontinental Champion, you want to keep trying to build him, but... Give him a big clothesline, uh, then, don't do not do that on Raw. Yeah. Save that because there's there's no reason to watch it now. That was the reason to watch it. We wanted to see Ryback pick him up. Well, let's let's relax and not pretend like Big Show doesn't put on good matches. All right, he does, but that was the biggest point of the match. Like like Glenn wants to beat his drum about our truth, which he should and he deserves to. Damn right. I like to beat my drum about Mark Henry and Big Show. People see these big dudes and they're just like, oh, they're just big, lazy. No, these dudes put on great matches. No one's like, ever doubted Big Show's athleticism. He was a basketball player for fuck's sake. Every time, every time they get a chance to put on a, like a solid match, they do because that's they're good performers. So I think it's going to be a better match than people are expecting. But obviously Ryback retains. By the way, how good does the belt look on Ryback? It's weird. You don't normally think about it, but the belt looks. It might be a like singlet. Yeah. It might pop yeah. because it is a singlet. It looks legitimately awesome on him. Well, and it's also that he actually wears the belt. Well, you know joke. what I mean? Like, that, that we don't get to see so often from everyone. Look, obviously... You know, if I ever get to that point, I would never wear the belt. Right. The belt, exactly. No one, it, but no one does. will always be buckled already, and I'll just carry it around. Like right. Right. That's what people do. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a point here. What, what's, what is the point of the Miz's involvement here? Like, what's the concept? I'm it, sure the Miz is going to be Miz was right back. Okay. Like yeah. Which okay. okay. should be great. Yeah, I was gonna say, do we want that? I, I think we want that. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. The, Miz, the Miz has the been Miz great is, the past few the Miz weeks. The Miz is entertaining. I don't care. Oh, I love the Miz. Yeah, the Miz is amazing. I'm with you. I just so because of that, him and Ryback, they're gonna put on a good feud, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good feud, a good SummerSlam match, and Ryback will get to another chance to retain, and right. he'll be able to build as the Intercontinental. It champion. helps elevate him, because I'm still confused as to why he's so over. I still just don't get it. It makes no Man, sense. I, d- I said that when he won. I was like, I mean, everybody, like, I cannot deny that he's over. He's 100% he over. But it but makes like, no sense. But, like, I don't, I mean, I give, like, all the adversity he's battled yeah, through, and I'm I good for him. all of that, but it's like... But that's not why he's well, over. No. Like, I don't... I just don't get it. Like it's just not me personally. What was, like what was the other catchphrase? I don't. It's not like that. It's just I don't. It's just not my cup of tea. I don't think. I did like on Monday where they had the Miz try to quiet everyone down and the arm thing. Oh, that, I that, that was hands good. up, mouth closed, or yeah, whatever. I like that. Yeah. I thought that was good. Well, the Miz is really good. Oh, so, the Miz I mean, is that's, awesome. that's what that is. All right, next. Uh, next. All right. If this guy, if it hadn't been for our truth, Xavier Woods would have been the he's, MVP he's been really overall. Good. He's been really the, the, good. the way that did did you catch him uh, quoting "Ready to Rumble" during yeah. the no. uh, Kofi? He did at one point. Kofi, who was Kofi facing? I don't remember. Uh, Kofi. Uh, he was facing Roman Reigns. Oh, that's yeah. right. And, yeah. and and he did the 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 axe handle smash, and he goes, "He will rule," or he just crowned him. Kofi will rule you. Oh, so good. <laughs> It was oh, amazing, so but yeah, New Day are facing the primetime players. I'm really looking forward to this match. Well, I'm really looking forward to it too, no doubt. Uh, AJ, you get to make the first pick. Yeah, I just, oh man, I just don't think you give away the the, the New Day on Money in the Bank. I think if you're going to have them lose, you have them lose at SummerSlam or you have them lose at Survivor Series, and there's no in-between there, okay? So I think that you go, I think that they retain maybe very cheaply like they did versus Kim Cesaro, and so you're going to have to rematch at SummerSlam. But, yeah, I think New Day retains. 
Um, how long can you continue to go without giving some rub to the primetime players who have been great? Um, I mean, I mean, would you if you're the primetime players? Yes, you want to be tag team champs, but do you want to win the tag team titles at, on your first attempt at Money, at Money in, the in the Bank? bank? Right, it yeah. would be awesome. Or no, I hear you. Lose cheap and then win it at SummerSlam. You know what I'm saying? You know, a big crux of the show last week, uh, AJ, and I'm, I'm assuming you, of course, listen because you're our friend and you support us. Oh, you're the main I subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Um, was was us talking about how, and and I don't I don't want to bring a, a damper to we've been having fun so far, but uh, when people bring up the concept about uh, the lack of African American stars in WWE and 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 how they've failed um, to have significant guys at the top of the card. Titus is just the guy that jumps out at me like, this is a, a, a superstar. Titus is a rock star. He's got everything. He's got the look. He's got the charisma. He's got the background as being a sellable star from his college football experience. He's got everything. And yet here he is approaching 40, and you've never really given him that opportunity to be a true star. And to me, he's... He's the argument as to why when somebody tries to dismiss that there might be an issue with African-American stars in the WWE, he's the reason why I can't be dismissive of that. Like, that guy should be a superstar, and they've never gotten it right with him. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing that, and people say that, and I, it's a 100% valid assessment. I don't think it's as, I, I think it's a lot of times like the roles that African-Americans get in WWE, like, aren't roles that, like, Kofi Kingston as, like, the Ghanaian Jamaican, like, right. he'll never be world heavyweight champion with that gimmick. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just, right. that's not a world championship gimmick. You know what I'm saying? He can be the Intercontinental champ 45 right. times, and he can put on fantastic matches. I don't see it as a pigeonhole of, like, African-Americans. I see it more as, like, look, there's plenty of African-Americans that made it to the mountaintop just because they had, like, you can say, oh, yeah, Titus has it. But, like, if he really truly had everything, it wouldn't have taken this long. You get what I'm saying? I mean, like, I... like, how long did it truly take The Rock to get to superstardom level? It didn't take him six years. Well, if you, you know move the AWA, not six years, but it took him a little while longer than we thought. Yeah. I, I think the funny thing about Titus, just because he is so old that you could almost point to it and saying, look, this is why they haven't invested in him. I hear you. But, yeah, but, but I mean, it, it's not God. a good reason, but. He's he's just, to me, he is the picture of what great, you He's great, and I love Titus. I love everything about Titus. It's just, like, to me, he's, like, he's great at what, he's really good at, he's great at what he does, and he can do the strong, loud, aggressive role right. better than almost anybody in WWE, um, other than probably Mark Henry. Right. But, like, like he is a great – like, he can be great. The thing is, like, so far he hasn't been able to do anything other outside of his tag team. I, I I hear you. I just don't know why. It doesn't make sense to me because I think he's got everything. All that being said – some people, some people just play better. As a also as a tag team, yeah. right? Look, I hear at, you. look at Miz. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, I'm with you, by the way. I I'm the new date retains. It's it, you've got too much working there. I don't think it could be the end of the world to to have them drop and have a rematch at SummerSlam. Well, and, there is a show between uh, oh, Money yeah. in the Bank and SummerSlam. Could you have them go for four straight pay per views? Battleground or whatever. Yeah. Is that what's? Oh, yeah. 
Well, it wouldn't be four straight because. Well, no, because they were part of the uh, well, that doesn't count. Elimination that, that's chamber. A six, that's a six. Well, okay. Match. All right. Anyway, I don't think it'd be the end of the world, but I am with you. I don't think you take the heat off of New Day right now. I think they retain. I, I agree with both of you. The, the one X factor to me is the uh, Harper and Rowan, especially since they made such a big. You know, they they put them in that I'm, spot. I'm the, with the, you. Three D. They're not going to just have them sit around and wait unless they're planning on bring the Dudley boys in or something like that Be- with them been, doing the 3D. That was, there have been some rumors. That, that, was, that was one of the odder things about Monday Night, them just debuting, which, by the way, it looks great with two guys of that size, like as good as it looked with uh, Bubble Ray and Devon. Two big guys doing a 3D looked fantastic. It did look pretty cool. It did look pretty cool. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I think that I think you could be looking at you know a three-way possibly at SummerSlam where uh, primetime players have to overcome both uh, New Day and Harper and Rowan and finally win the title. All right, next. Oh, next we are going to the Divas Championship, Nikki versus Paige, part one thousand. I mean, it, are we sure that's what it is, or it isn't Nikki versus anyone? I I, I think it's Nikki versus the world yeah, versus God. I don't know what they're doing. All right, AJ, go ahead. Try to make yeah. Here, you try to defend the how they've handled the divas. Um. Well, I feel as if <laughs> Nikki's just how she's she's been a great champion. She has in ring like just her character. She, defend that. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that, but the, she's not like she's calling the shots on that. I hear you. I'm, right, not, right, I'm right. not beating up Nikki. I'm trying to get you to defend. You think the WWE is perfect. Defend the way that they've handled her character. Right, well, I've already said that that's not the case in the show. Already once. Also, on top of that, um, I think that Nikki drops the belt to Paige finally. And then, I, I mean, I hope the plan is to bring up some NXT girls, man. I really yeah, do. Yeah. I, I can't watch the... I, like, the Bellas, they're great and everything, but like, when I see what I see from the Divas in NXT, like the fact that there's legitimately six Divas in NXT right now, that there's absolutely no reason they are not on the main roster. I can think of five. Who? Uh, so you obviously have the big four, the four horsewomen, as they're calling themselves. This is, so. ba- this is Bailey, Sasha. Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, Charlotte, and Becky. Right. Then you got, uh, I assume you're talking about Alexa Bliss as number yeah, five. and then Becky Lynch. Well, Becky Lynch is part of the four horsewomen. Who's the sixth? Well, what did you say? I said Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha. Oh, and then Alexa Bliss. And then what's um, Carmella's Carmella? fantastic as well? I'm not as high as on Carmella as you are, but, I mean, sure, she's still she would be better and, than most of what's thing, up. The thing about Carmella, the best thing about Carmella, you know what's funny? I honestly could see Carmella being called up. Um, before any of those other girls. Carmella as a heel manager would be great, just saying. Because because I can see her coming up with Big Cass and Enzo. Not possible. I, I, think, I think their time at NXT is coming to an end. I think they're just way too great to still be down there. I think they want them to beef up their ring presence a little more. They're still very rusty. But as far as their characters, they're definitely up there. I think the one problem with the idea of calling up, uh, I assume Charlotte's as far, if you're just talking about talent-wise, Charlotte's the first up. The problem is that they've built, you know, NXT is touring now, and they've built those shows around the Divas, which sounds crazy, but, you know, Charlotte versus Sasha main evented in Philadelphia. They're really making it a huge part of it. I mean, when I went to NXT last week, the main event, was Sasha versus Becky Lynch. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So I think that they're almost hesitant to call these people because they're like, okay, this is where you want to go if you want to see women's wrestling, which is 
somewhat counterintuitive, but if you're talking about making NXT an actual brand, which it seems like they are actually pretty gung-ho about doing, then you almost want to keep those people down there and say, okay, just do it down here. That being said, I assume they'll call up Charlotte before the end of the summer. You would think they have to. There's nothing else for her to do there. And she looks like a rock star. I mean, she just looks like a super specimen. Well, she's shredded. She's the Brock Lesnar of women's wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's, Freak athlete. Her profile picture on Twitter is the most insane thing. You're like, how is that possible? You know what I mean? Like, because it's sexy, and yet it's also, like, you're terrified. You know, it's just, oh, (laughs) it's so much. Um, I'm going to disagree only because why now? You know, like, why is this the time that you're going to do, you're going to give it to Paige? You know, like I, I feel because Nikki main evented SummerSlam. Nikki and Abri main evented SummerSlam last year, uh, and they main evented WrestleMania this year. So I feel you, like SummerSlam this year would be a good opportunity to let someone else do it. But who would you have Paige go against? Charlotte. I mean, okay, it's but just you got to quickly wait, introduce Charlotte as a, a title contender. Are, and, and I get it. Hey, and, and you get Paige. You, well, I guess, see, I, I want to say, are you calling her up as a heal? But as we've we've shown, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, it doesn't, matter, doesn't all. matter at all. I still think there's got to be something with Naomi and Nikki Bella. I mean, the, the, there's can, not. There's not. It's over, dude. I mean, Paige, Paige Naomi takes the battleground slot, if you want, because they still have unfinished business there between those two. Yeah, if, but if how you want to remember. Goddamn, just completely forget the plot point that... All Naomi did was kick your champion's ass for a few months. That's all she did. All she did. <sighs> yeah, whatever. And I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I just it drives me nuts. All right. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm. I'll say that Nikki retains. I, I, I'm leaning towards Nikki, but it's such a mess right now. It really is. You a mess. have to make a pick. I said Nikki. Okay. All right. You said you I were leaning page. towards Nikki. Well, that's where I'm leaning all towards. Right. We'll make the. Are you? Do, yes. Right. Nick. Nikki is my official jobbing out prediction. Next. Um. The re- biggest rematch in the history of wrestling, uh, John Cena versus Kevin Owens. You were the one, AJ. You had the balls. I'm, to... the, I'm the one behind <laughs> the one, and right. one person in the world picks Kevin right. Owens to win in that one, In one and oh, which is what Kevin <laughs> Owens is. Well, he, he beat um, other people. Well, that's right. true. He, I mean, he beat Neville. He beat one and oh in pay-per-views, you jerk. <laughs> um, You know what? I'm going Kevin Owens again, yeah. but this time, this time I think it's cheap. I'm, I think it's title to the face cheap. Can, can I make my official prediction? I don't think there will be a winner. I think this will be a d- disqualification. I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. I think that that's one of the ways to go is Owens in in the middle of the match, or you know, after Cena starts getting a bitch, grabs the microphone, and says, you know. I don't need this. Right. I beat you. Right. Why? The fact that he he never brought up why is this rematch happening is it, a it little bit bizarre. It is a really bizarre. really bothersome thing for me. Like that he why wouldn't he just say no? I'm good. I'm good. I I, I beat you. Yeah, Wait, I don't there, remember. There's nothing I, on the line here. Correct. Okay. I'll pass. <laughs> I'll pass on all this. I've got nothing to prove here. Yeah, I think the most likely scenario to me. Is, I I just don't know how you stand to benefit anything now. Now that you did it the way that you did it. Yeah. If you're just going to do the same thing you've done all the time with John Cena, where you let somebody get a win and then you quickly bury them right afterwards, then you're fucking a guy's chances up immediately at the beginning of his career. You're you're burying him too early. Um, if you do it the way that you're talking about, AJ, where you have him win, even if it's in a, in a dirty way, you're giving John Cena back-to-back pay-per-view losses. And I know that's not the end Dude, of the relax. world. Uh, Relax. Well, it's John Cena, 15-time WWE. My, 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 my question is, they, main evented like six WrestleManias. I'm sure my, he my question is back-to-back pay-per-view losses. Do we know that, though? Because <laughs> has it ever happened before? 
Yeah, because the year after he lost, the year after he lost to Rock at WrestleMania, uh, he lost yeah, a he, lot. Yeah, of yeah he was he was losing his mind or whatever. But know. um, yeah. I I think the the biggest thing I guess is if Owens wins, where do you go? With oh, Owens? I know, right? Like I, that's 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 my big question is I just God. don't know what to do with rename Owens. the WWE after him at that point. I'm pretty sure. God. Um. Yeah, so th- I mean that's my only hesitation towards because I think I think the correct move at this point is to let him win, because you know you don't want him to lose any momentum. You've potentially created a star here, but the problem is if you do have him win, where do you go? I, I think that's a very big concern at this point. I, I think it has to be a concern unless you're unless you're giving him Lesnar unless he's getting Lesnar at SummerSlam. Le- Lesnar or the title. I, I mean, if, that's... if you bum rush him to the title where he by september he is the wwe yeah. champion it's almost it's almost unfathomable for him to beat cena at this point so what's your official pick aaron oh i i'm going uh cena by count out disqualification okay. somewhere right. along those lines all right very good next one oh let's go with uh well let's go with the money in the bank ladder match which r-truth should be winning but is not <laughs> in the match <laughs> uh there's nothing to discuss here. Roman Reigns wins. Yeah, I, I yeah. wish there was something to discuss. And I, it, it makes me think there's got to be something to discuss, what if right? What Kofi wins? I'd be all for Kofi you know, winning. I would 100% be behind yeah. that. Like, Kofi, you could make a very compelling, you know, especially if you did, like, Freebird with the briefcase, you could make a very compelling storyline out of Kofi winning. Yeah, and he would probably he would be my second choice behind Reigns. I, there's not really another good choice in this match. I mean, there just isn't. You could say Dolph. Right, but we've said Dolph about yeah. everything for the last. I, honestly, Kane would probably be the third most intriguing. Yeah, Kane is a little bit compelling only because. But no one wants to see that. I hear you say that unless you're giving Kane that one last big red monster chance for the push after a title and to be Kane. And I'm not telling you I want to see it, but. I do still think that that got over with kids in the last few years that he did it. There was still the moment where he would put his hands down and the fire would go up and people still like that. I'm not wholly opposed to allowing Kane one more chance to be Kane before it's over. No. I'm not saying they should, but I'm not opposed to it. Um, that's all yeah. I'm saying. I'm not opposed to it. Um, yeah, I got Roman, man. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, I got Roman, now, too. Now, the question here is how quickly do you pull the trigger on Reigns once he gets the money to make? And I assume part of it will be... Perhaps we should finish our predictions, Aaron. Well, hold on. Perhaps well, we should finish our predictions. Oh, you're okay, you're saying Perhaps that quickly? Perhaps we should finish All our right, predictions. Well, let's, let's tie that into Rollins and Ambrose here. Um, I'm going with Seth Rollins. I'm going with Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns ending the night as the WWE champion. And here's why I don't think that's going to happen. I think what happens, I just thought of this literally today. Literally, this would be the best way to possibly do it. Everyone already assumes Roman Reigns is going to win. You don't, and everyone also pretty much assumes he's going to cash in on Dean and turn heel, like just like that, boom, right? Which I don't see a problem with. But at the same time, you can't just overload, like, for simplicity's sake, what people think is going to happen. I think it would be a better play... If Roman Reigns wins, does the baby face move for a while? Cashes in for a one-on-one match in advance, loses cleanly to D- to either Dean Ambrose or oh, it would be Dean Ambrose in that case. Loses cleanly to Dean Ambrose, and then they start with the well, you can't win the big one, blah blah blah, and that's the reason he joins the Authority. All right, that, that would make 
so much sense. I hear all of that. I just don't think, I think based on what we've seen from the WWE in recent weeks, that's too much of a build for them. Yeah. They 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 just they blow their here's, wad here's anymore. The I don't think. Uh, and and we we talked they about do? this. Lo- yeah, they they because made. If I remember correctly, when Daniel Bryan won the World Heavyweight Title at WrestleMania, he lost it at SummerSlam and was able to build momentum for an entire half of a year. Uh, not to mention, if you talk about this year, Roman Reigns came back from injury in November, and they billed him for. He was being built from SummerSlam. Hang on, hang on. Uh, let's York. go back for a second. Daniel Bryan didn't hurt. last to SummerSlam. He was he was hurt before SummerSlam. No, I'm talking about when he won it at 30. Right. Yeah, he didn't last to SummerSlam. Oh, are, are you saying it, that storyline started at SummerSlam? It and started did, at oh, SummerSlam okay. when, You're saying SummerSlam yeah. 29. Okay. Gotcha. Got you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, no, that year they, they made something last for some time. I just don't think they've done the same thing. And I think that the WWE Network... Well, and don't Network, forget, that was not planned. Right, that is true too. That's a good point. It was not planned. That's a great point. It was supposed to be CM Punk. Um, that was where that was supposed to go. You know, he was supposed to face Bray Wyatt or something. Right. Like that. Right, that's a great yeah. point. That's a great point. Um, I I think that because of the WWE Network, you've just seen them so much more rushed to do things because they're trying to sell their soul for subscriptions quickly. That they want someone to watch something and then immediately go subscribe. They don't. I I just think that it's been very difficult to get longer builds in the WWE Network era. Here's my thought. Um, oh, go ahead, AJ. I, I don't necessarily agree with that because, truthfully, there's no reason, like, if we're just going to be honest for a second here, if that was the case, Roman Reigns would already have the title because other than when you idiots went crazy because he wasn't a five foot eight elf like Daniel Bryan <laughs> and started booing him, he was the most overstar in the business. Yeah, he had a good fall. He had a really good fall. So, like... Because of that, if they were just rushing to get people to subscribe, he would have already got though because he was the most over at the time. Um, yeah, but they wanted to do it at WrestleMania. Uh, and they wanted Lesnar. If yeah, Lesnar I mean, wasn't right. around, he probably would have won yeah, it at SummerSlam. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, they... I, I think that, you know, I, I talked about this last week. I think the money in the bank is a bit of a safety net for them. I don't think they know exactly what they want to do with Roman yeah, Reigns so right you, now because you... I think they had this idea of a heel turn. At the same time, he's slowly getting these Some cheers. Some of the heat back, right. He's getting the cheers back, and I think Vince, deep down, desperately wants him to, to be, be the that top, top baby face. And, and, and he should be, point blank, period. But on top of that, he is getting the cheers back. And it's not slowly but surely. It was as soon as Daniel Bryan was injured and he wasn't around anymore. I mean, people he, were like, oh, it's yeah. It's growing. It's still like growing. It's, it, yeah. His, his cheers are growing week by week. I don't think that it's all of a sudden, you know, he was getting no reaction to getting the top pops of the, uh, of the night. But I, I think that, you know, they had this idea. Okay, we're going to see what we can do. We can tease Roman as a face. We can tease Roman as a heel. And then whatever, however the crowd responds, if the crowd all of a sudden is like, oh, Roman Reigns is back in the title picture, we're going to start booing him again. Well, okay, then we're going to turn him heel. If he continues getting the cheers, then you wait a little bit. And I, I think that I don't think they even know exactly what they want to do right now. They have two storylines planned out, and they'll, you know, let the crowd decide. That's fair. And I, I, I could see them doing that, and that would make it would be very logical. I think that. I, honestly, my entire thought is, and maybe it's that you don't do it where you have Ambrose win. Maybe you don't risk him becoming going full heel. Maybe you have Rollins win and then have Roman cash in, and you can still have an awkward breakup kind of with Ambrose in the process, and it could set I up. I this is just a like, 
six, seven, eight-month process of those three guys so that we can get that triple threat match. Well, and that's the thing. And, and, and we, we all assume that's where this is going. We also desperately want that, but I think there's still the argument of are you better off doing it at SummerSlam to avoid the risk of something happening between now and then? Whether it's injury or one of whatever them it losing is. their heat or whatever. Yeah. Are you, are yeah. you While all three are stars right now, are you better off just going with it at SummerSlam and pulling the trigger? And by the way, AJ, look. I wanted it last year at WrestleMania. Aaron and I have gone on about how badly we wanted it at WrestleMania last year. I would prefer it to be a WrestleMania match, but in in the same way that you've tried to plan things around other guys and it just didn't work out, are you risking too much if you build to next year's WrestleMania for that and then for whatever reason it just never happens and you never got what would have been the most exciting match of of an of a, you know, a 5-year period. Um yeah, true, but at the same time, I honestly don't mind when they do it. I hope they, if they do it at SummerSlam, that's fine, because to me, there's no doubt in my mind that Roman's going over in that match, and that's my guy, so I don't care. Yeah, that's all you care there, about. There is one X factor. <laughs> and I, by the way, I'm with you. When they do it, when they do it, it, it will be Roman yeah. that goes over. Uh, yes. There is one X factor that we're forgetting as far as the short-term plans on that, and that is the return very, very soon right, of, of Brock, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Like, assuming, uh, presumably, we're going to get Brock Rollins either at Battleground or at SummerSlam, because that match is already, you know, pretty much set in stone and set yeah, up. You, it's, you say that, and I agree, but at the same time, like, the scenario where if you have Kevin Owens beat John Cena, and all of a sudden Kevin Owens, Brock happens at SummerSlam... Is anybody angry about that? No one's angry, but just storyline-wise, I get it. why it's, is that happening? It's a lot. Yeah, how do you sell well, that very quickly? Why? What do you mean, why? Because... Kevin Owens wins, and he's a heel, and he's talking shit about how he's the best guy in the business because he beat John Cena, and then a face, Brock Lesnar, comes back and says, I beat the shit out of John Cena. You're a nobody. That's easy to sell. But why Why is he not going out? I guess, I guess you're saying that get done, get done with Rollins quickly at Battlegrounds. Yeah, like, okay, right. okay. He's, he's the hired mercenary yeah. for a reason. He doesn't give a like. Yeah. He doesn't care about it. Like, the reason he went after the belt is because John Cena had the belt, not because he wanted the belt, in realistic terms. No, I think that he makes sense. Right. Right. Yeah, right. Brock Lesnar does not need the belt for his existence. It's it's irrelevant. He's Brock Lesnar. He ended the Undertaker streak. Who gives a shit about the belt? Right. I'm with that. The one crusade, how are they going to handle bringing him back? I, I, I haven't really thought about that much, yeah, but I, it's, it's an odd situation, but who knows? I'm I mean, sure they can get around I mean, it. To be honest, the best way to do it, if they really want to do it, if they truly, really want to do it, would be have, seen, have Kevin Owens win again and then have uh, Brock Lesnar come out on stage. But he's suspended. <laughs> come on, dude. He's been fired three times. <laughs> All right, all right. Why? Because wrestling. Yeah, correct. <laughs> exactly. That, boy, at the end of the day, isn't that the truth? All right, uh, he is AJ Francis. Give him a follow on Twitter. It's at AJ Francis 410. Plug the uh, YouTube yeah. show, buddy. Yeah, man. Make sure you guys tune in. Have drive. Um, I've almost tripled in subscribers um, in the last couple of days. Um, I'm getting a lot of great feedback on it. It's uh, me driving around my Uber, interviewing people. It's a phenomenal experience for me, and it's really, really funny. And when and, um, and when you get home from for the summer, we're doing this. I was, was going to say episode, we're doing this right? to Raw, right? We're we're all going oh, to yeah, get in the back sure. of your Uber and go to Raw for sure. on, when it's in DC. Oh, what day is that? Twenty yeah. ninth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that. I like the way you think. Yeah, all right. 100%. All right. Um. Uh. uh glad you're. Uh, 
Glad you made it through. There was before uh, AJ came on with us with this, this whole incident. It was crazy. I don't even know how to describe it. It was damn entertaining, and I appreciated it. But glad everything's good. Uh, enjoy your weekend home with your your friend and the wedding, man. Um, despite the fact that I hate you, I still love you anyway, and we'll talk again soon, all right? Yeah, I'll be at the O's game tomorrow. Let's go O's. Let's go, See Birds. Love it, dude. <laughs> he's, our, uh, he's our guy, for better or for worse. You know, it's the way it is. Mr. WWE, Mr. AJ McMahon, they call him, for God's sakes. All right, we still have a lot to do today. we got a top five list before we get out of here. we got the quick count on the way. So much as we continue on. It's all brought to you by WrestleCrate. And when uh, WrestleCrate, we'll tell you all about it when we come back in. If you're not using WrestleCrate, you are an idiot. I swear. We'll tell you more about WrestleCrate in segment number three. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, it's Jobbing Out. Over the years, thousands of people have asked the burning question. What makes Royal Farms' world-famous chicken world-famous? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Is it Royal Farms' secret recipe? Is it because it's always fresh, never frozen? Or that it's cooked on the spot, right in the store? Absolutely. See? Mm-hmm. Told ya. But there's another big reason. Royal Farms buys bigger chickens, as much as 40% bigger than other chicken places. So when you buy Royal Farms' world-famous chicken, you get plumper, juicier pieces, more bites to the box, and more chicken for your money. Ooh! All right! Yeah! Royal Farms' world-famous chicken. It begins with bigger chickens and ends with what most people think is the best-tasting chicken in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Right now, get 10 of our always fresh, never frozen, hand-breaded chicken tenders for just $12.99 at Royal Farms. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen, powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkenbaseball.com slash camps. Don't be the guy that has to call your mother-in-law like I've had to in the past and beg for a ride when something's wrong with your vehicle. Take it to First Choice Automotive in Joppa. 410-676-5552. Dave and Chrissy know your car is your life. Free loaner cars with major repairs. Free towing to and from at First Choice Automotive. 410-676-5552 on the web. FCAutomotive.com. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. 
third and final segment. It is Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark. Aaron Oster, it's all brought to you by WrestleCrate. Aaron, I know you are a devoted WrestleCrate guy. You wait uh, by your door at all moments, just desperate for your WrestleCrate to come. Uh, as, soon, as soon as I get that tracking number, I am checking it every six hours to see where it's at. The one just arrived a week or two ago. It was fantastic. Got an action figure. Got a shirt. Got a signed abyss uh, uh, so picture. I got another personalized. It was it was an artist rendering of Seth Rollins, which is very cool. Just a very cool crate. Everyone should get it if you're a wrestling fan. If you don't, I don't know what you're doing. Starts at fifteen dollars, and get you can get ten percent off. J O sent me. J O sent me. You go to wrestlecrate.com. J O sent me. And again, every crate includes a T-shirt from uh, Wrestle Tees or Barbershop Window. Those T-shirts alone are twenty bucks. You're getting one of those plus so much more, and it starts at just fifteen dollars a month, even less. If you use your code, J-O sent me. Oh, and did, did I forget to mention, this month only, in specially selected, randomly selected wrestle crates, a signed piece of Jerry Lawler merchandise That's will be cool. included. That's cool. Absolutely no reason. And again, I, I stress this about uh, grads. If someone you know just graduated from high school and is headed off to college, or is about to graduate from high school and head off to college, this is the perfect gift. As someone who went to college... Uh, Aaron, we can both speak to, there's nothing quite like getting a care package. Oh, yeah. It's just really hard to describe. The first year of college is tough. You're getting assimilated. You're getting used to surroundings. You're meeting new people. You, you don't have a lot of things. If there's a wrestling fan in your life that's going off to college, for them to get one of these wrestle crates every month, to know that it's showing up there at school, for them to dive into, get a bunch of new gear, get a bunch of new memorabilia they could display around the room would be awesome for them. Get it as a graduation gift. I'm telling you, you will be the most popular if you do. Uh, Aaron, could you do me a favor? And I'm not going to bother editing this out. We're taping it on Thursday night. Could you uh, change the uh, TV channel now? <laughs> yes, as, I uh, can. As uh, the uh, baseball game has ended. And I would now like to watch the basketball game instead in the corner of my eye. All right, we got a, a lot to do before we get out of here. Uh, we're going to wrap today's show with a, a special sort of tribute to Dusty Top 5. We do the Top 5 at the end of every show. And this week, um, we're going to do a the Top 5 mic workers, our Top 5 mic workers. And that's in honor of Dusty, who was so effing great on the mic. And who, spoiler, will be on both lists, I assume. I, yes, but yeah. but I wish you wouldn't have said that. No, you're right. He's going to be on both lists. Of course. Um, so we will, uh, we will get to that a little bit later on in the show. Right now, it's time for the quick count. This is where we go over three stories that we haven't really had an opportunity to get to so far in the show, but we want to. And, Aaron, our first story on the quick count is one that's been developing for the last few weeks. And we learned so much more about just this past week, and that is WWE Tough Enough. I'm, I'm more and more, I get, I'm getting excited about it. The show on the USA Network is going to be starting in a week and a half. You're going to be having a special on Tuesday night, and the reason they're having that special, they announced the 40 representatives, the 40 finalists. They're in the process right now of cutting it down to 15, but as we found out uh, on Monday, one of our local boys made it. Right, MCW trainee Patrick Clark is going to be part of the of this group. We don't know if he's going to be part of the 15. We know that he did make the first cut of 10s. They have announced the first cut okay. of 10, so he's down to the final 30. And so the the show will only be the top 15. 
15 or 13, some, somewhere around. Okay, yeah. okay. So there's going to be a lot of cuts between now and then. But that's very cool, obviously. Yeah, they're going to be showing uh, the cuts, that like all of these things there right now in the process of doing work in front of the judges, showing what they can do ring work promo-wise, that they're whittling it down here. Uh, and they're going to be showing it on the network as a special on Tuesday night. Well, so. and obviously we know that on Monday night um, uh, Booker T was not there because he was at uh, uh, Tough Enough, that he was not at um, a Monday Night Raw. So they're clearly doing a lot of work down there right now. It's yep. clearly very active. I, I'm not going to tell you that I'm super excited about it. I'm going to watch. I like Tough Enough the first time around, but I like Tough Enough more for, I feel like, cheesy reality than I did right. for... And I think that the nature of doing this kind of live sort of takes away from the cheesy reality aspect of it. It's it's a little weird. I understand definitely why they did the live. They want to get the fan feedback. They want the fans. Well, and to, they want and, and something the on that you idol. have to watch right now. Yeah, and they, they want the, the American Idol aspect of it where you're voting. Uh, I, I think the interesting thing that came out was just the list of people. I think a lot of people expected there would be a few people in there who were pretty well known. Yeah. There would be a few ringers in there. There really wasn't. The closest thing to to the uh, to a ringer would have been uh, Adam O'Reiner, who is the Big O, who's Zack Ryder's best friend, who's been around oh, okay. in all of his yeah. videos. Uh-huh. He was he was part of that celebration back in Baltimore in TLC 2011 when he. So he made it. He was actually the first guy cut. Or one of the <laughs> first ten cuts. <laughs> so he's definitely not a rear. Everybody else is either. Was there not a college football player in there? Well, there were a few college football, but again, okay. low-level college football yeah, yeah, player yeah. guys. Uh, you know, very few people. I don't know if anyone actually made the NFL or made any NFL camps. There were some indie guys, but they were all local. There were no, you know, uh, Maryland championship or anything bigger than Maryland championship wrestling. There was no Ring of Honor guys. I don't think there were any PWG guys, any Lucha Underground guys. Which I, I think is really interesting because I think there were there was an expectation that there would at least be some, but it seems like they wanted people who were relatively new to wrestling. They want to go back to instead of having guys like Matt Cross on there like right. they did in the last season. They wanted to go back to that first season where almost nobody had more than uh, like nine months of training. Here's my thing: I don't really want to watch guys practice taking bumps. Oh, I enjoyed that. I see it. That part of it does not do a ton for me. Um, I know these people need to be able to wrestle, and so I understand why that's important. I think character development, I think the ability to talk, I think interactions are far more interesting. I think getting snippy with uh, the coaches is far more interesting. I think the human drama is far more interesting. Well, you have to than, you you have to have the the people who aren't experienced at taking bumps to get this. Well, all right, I, I hear the yeah. argument. You have to see that somebody isn't good at taking a bump to right. see you know someone explode on them, right. and then there's a fight back and forth. I just can't have the show be nothing but guys learning how to take bumps. And I don't think it will be. You know, they have the panel aspect of it now. It's they they have the trainers. They have uh, I can't remember who are the trainers versus who are the panelists, but they have the trainers and then they have the panelists who are like the guest right. judges. Daniel Bryan isn't a trainer. He's a panelist. Yeah, Lita I think is a panelist. I think you have like Albert and. Jericho's uh, in Gunn. there. Uh, Jericho, I think, is a panelist. Yeah. I, I don't think. But then you have the they're trainer. They're supposed to be the American Idol yeah, desk, they're, right? Yeah, so, they're the ones watching from afar and saying, here's what you're doing well, here's what you're not doing well. They're supposed to say, it's a little pitchy, dog. And and <laughs> Exactly. And I think that that's where you're going to get more of the, okay, your personality. I'm, I'm seeing from the outside. The trainers are there to work with you. We're here to make sure you're that we can see a star out of you. Okay. Type I deal. mean, I, I get that. I, look, I'm going to watch... Probably on DVR. It'll be the way that I watch Tough Enough. It'll be something that I can watch that if I don't, if I miss it that week, I'll live. 
and I'll watch it again next week. Unless you're planning us doing a hardcore tough enough analysis every Dude, week. On every, the, every we're going to do a full pros and we're doing Mel, we're bringing Mel Kuyper to break down everything. Right. You know, now that I would actually be really interested in if you could make that happen somehow, I would be all for that. Hey, John Gruden did break down the Andre the Giant. That's right, that, that yeah, that's right, he did do that. I. uh I, look, I, I like it. I'm all for Tough Enough being back. I like that it's on TV. I like all those things. I just, I'm always intrigued in what we actually get out of it. And it's such a wild card. Do you rely on your panelists and on your coaches to be the stars of the show because they're name brand? Or do you feel as though you have found personalities so dynamic that you can quickly make them must-see on television? That as much as you're trying to find your next star... You need the show to have stars. Right. It, it's got to have someone that you're tuning in to watch each and every week. And, and they almost went too far in that direction the last week where Stone Cold was the star right. of it. And uh, so far as he overshadowed all of the rest. And, and do you remember was, anybody from that show other than Big Andy? Uh, well, Cameron was the first person uh, yeah, that's, eliminated. That's a good point, right? That's a good point. Because she did the, the Molina versus Alicia Fox was her favorite match ever, and she's the only one to make it from that season. That's really funny. There are actually a bunch of people from that season are now on Lucha Underground, which is interesting. Huh. Huh. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, but this is an opportunity for all these other, you know, the, the part of the reason why you do this is because it gets your name out there, so yeah, that even I mean, if it doesn't even, work. Even if uh, Patrick Clark, who worked as Rick Powers, and probably still will if he doesn't make it to WWE, right. work back with uh, MCW as Rick Powers, a great tag team wrestler from what I've seen so far. They're very raw, very young. I think he's only 19. And, uh, you know, if he doesn't make it, then all of a sudden he's a bigger name when he comes back uh, to Baltimore. All right. Um, let me move on to number two. Number two is a report from the Wrestling Observer that says that the WWE is planning more frequent WWE Network specials. We've seen a few of them of late. We had a special WWE Network pay-per-view in the Elimination Chamber. We had uh, King of the Ring, which is a one-night WWE special. But that they're looking to do these more along the lines of quarterly, quarterly WWE Network specials, including perhaps a revamped version of the Slammy Awards, which would go from being part of Raw to being its own standalone show once again, rent a theater, do a red carpet, make it something that people would it, tune into. You mean we might be able to get something like this again? And I have nobody ah, yeah, we got to we got to be able to hear it, Aaron. Come on, let's try this again. Again, yes. And I have nobody to thank. Once again, I did it all by my sweet little self. Two-time Slammy Award winner. I knew it. I'm a winner. I did it. And again, it, it's it's this great uh, quip of uh, Owen Hart years ago accepting a Slammy Award, which is tremendous. It, 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 it might be one of the greatest Owen Hart movies. Yeah. I mean, it's, he, he comes up. They don't even announce the award. He just bull rushes the stage and grabs the Slammy and the envelope out of the guy's hand. And that's really, fantastic. That's really, really good. But yeah, more, more of that would be great. But um, you, you mentioned the, the specials. They're also doing one of the shows out in Tokyo. They're going to be right. showing it live at 6.30 in the morning here on the I, East Coast. I'm good by that. I'm, I mean, if you're there doing it, yeah, oh, it's, I've said it's all right. along, I've, I, I, I've never really understood why they didn't every now and then just set up a camera, a not a show, full production yeah, for, a, for house. A Madison Square Garden or right. something big like that, yeah. And uh, Tokyo, it's going to be huge. They're making the card big. We already, we know that. Uh, Kevin and, Owens and Finn Balor. Yep, for the NXT title. And we know Brock Lesnar will be there. We know Chris Jericho will be there. The rumors are they're facing each other. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. It was originally supposed to be uh, an interesting Brock versus Kofi, 
What? But, yeah, that that would have been interesting, but uh, because because it was supposed to be Jericho versus Balor. Now that it's Owens versus Balor, yeah. they're talking maybe Jericho Lesnar, which could be a lot of fun. Oh, I think that was, <laughs> I would be more interested in that than Brock Kofi. Why? Because Brock can throw people around. I know, but well, that's that's still. what you. It, I mean, kind of, that's what you're, like you, you pres- want to see. Because that's going to be possibly his first match back. I hear you, but you really present at the Brock, and he's like, yeah, you got to give me the, you want me to come back and work with Kofi? You got it. I just can't imagine him signing up for that. I mean, he, the truth. he gets to throw Kofi around for seven I, minutes or whatever. I hear you. That, that would be the problem is, does Jericho get th- getting thrown around really do much? Eh, whatever. I'd rather watch Brock face Jericho. Oh, I mean, again, it's a great match. I don't yeah. know if we've. Ever you must have seen it at some point. Yeah, you know, you say that, and I assume we have, but I couldn't tell you when it was. But yeah, I really don't know. And it's, it's Brock's return to Japan for the first time since... I'm not going to... By the way, I'm not going to tell you that I'd be all in on the, the Slammies. I'm not telling you I wouldn't watch them, but... I, oh, it, no. It, it, it wouldn't it, be appointment... Fun. But it wouldn't be appointment viewing for me. It'll be better than raw than the Raw Slammers. Well, I agree. that Those are very awkward. It's very forced. It's trying to make something that, that isn't real. I get all of that, but... I just don't know that I care that much about the Slammies. Again, can you name, other than Roman Reigns last year, can you name the Slammy Award winner for best wrestler in the last five years? Uh, I know Daniel Bryan in 2013, I believe. Probably. Yet, and uh, I think Cena won it once and gave it to Ric Flair in like 2012 or I remember there being something awkward like that, yeah. CM Punk might have gotten it in 2011, maybe, kind of. <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> so I just don't, the slammings themselves don't do a ton for me. If they figure out a way to make it a bigger no, event. If, if, if they have people like Owen running up on the stage, probably, I don't know if he was drunk or what, but you know what, if, if they wanted to get the wrestlers drunk. Well, and, and clearly they try to get more celebrities involved. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. They, they, there's a lot of things that they do. I just, again. At the, oh, no, it's not going to do much, but it's something on the network. What's, the, never what's honestly the worst award show? The Golden Globes? I don't know. The ESPYs are the oh, worst yeah, okay, yes. award the show because you far. realize like there's I forgot that was these even a people thing. aren't funny. <laughs> right. You don't really want to watch them do any vignettes or anything along right. those lines. Sometimes they've gotten a host that was kind of okay, but for the most part they all stunk. Right. Probably gonna be the same way with the Slammy Awards. We'll see. There's no music involved, which is the one redeeming aspect of an awards hey, show. Hey, that's where we got Stand Back. That's right. That is where we got stand back. You're right about that. I would love for them to do a new version of the Land of a Thousand Wrestlers. I'd love <laughs> That'd that. Be fantastic. I'd be all in for that. Um, no, I think we both agree it's a great idea. Of course, you should be doing more WWE Network specials because you've got a network. I mean, people are paying for it. Put more yep. on there to try to get yep. more people to sign up for it. I just don't. It, you got to be very careful still because you can't do everything that matters on the network, and the stuff that's on the network can't not matter. So you got to find the right. fine balance right. between those. As I said before, if you wanted to bring back King of the Ring next year as what it should have been this year, a multi-week tournament, a more prolonged yeah. Tuesday night hour-long event before you tape SmackDown for a month, I'm I'm in. Sign me up for that. I think that's a great idea. You've got to do things that make sense. You've got to do things that matter, but they can't matter so much. Again, if you do the King of the Ring tournament for a month, I think you have to make if the championship matters. And and obviously this year it didn't. As you see, uh, Wade Barrett just killing it since being named King of the Ring. Um, if you're going to make it matter, if you're going to do the things that we've talked about, put the person in the elimination chamber or put him in money in the bank or whatever that wins, then you have to do the final match at a pay-per-view. You can't do it just on a network special on a Tuesday night. But I'm still for more and more 
on the network. I like more programming yeah. that way. All right, and number three is a bizarre storyline that played out. Um, we said last week that starting uh, starting a week ago, we're going to try to touch on uh, more other things outside the, of the, the WWE. The Wednesday Night Wrestling. Wednesday Night Wrestling, which is now a, a combination of both Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling. And Lucha Underground and NXT. There are four wrestling God, shows all, all airing, airing on, on Wednesday. Jesus yeah, Christ. It's, it's legitimately, if you wanted, you could watch straight through 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Right. Oh, boy, you need help. Um, <laughs> last week, there was this bizarre scene that unfolded on Impact Wrestling that, to their credit, was probably about as much attention as Impact has gotten, but it was weird as shit. Um, can you set the scene for us, yeah, please, Yeah, I'll set the scene. Well, remember last week how I talked about the, the bizarre scene we saw in Lucha Underground briefly about the uh, cage monster and how ridiculous Lucha Underground was? But I, I, I preface it with, this fits in the campy world Right, this of is Lucha what they do, yeah. Well, okay, so there's the storyline, and we've touched on it in the past when we had Mickey James on, we we touched on it a little bit, uh, this whole fling, I don't know what you want to call it, between James Storm and Mickey James. James Storm is being creepy, Mickey James wants to be friends with him, and, you know, the kind of standard thing. Well, he tricks her out into Tennessee somewhere. Yeah, that's the first part <laughs> of this that's weird. But whatever, he, he claims there's a, a music con guy he wants to introduce to her and then he basically professes his love to her and says you should leave magnus for me and all that nonsense she goes no 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 and but hang on i don't think you've, you've <laughs> detailed the scene quite well enough it it's like a backroom casting couch i was gonna video. say it, it yeah it is it, the sound <laughs> is echoey it, it's like they, these people don't have microphones for some reason. Like the TNA just said, yeah, go ahead and shoot this scene, but don't bother getting a boom mic for it. Right. And and I I guess I understand it's supposed to come off as being natural like secret or whatever. camera or whatever, yeah. but it just makes it so much well, weirder. Well, the, the funny thing is they had the camera there, so you know they they clearly had a guy with a camera there, and then you know they they want to leave, and and James was like, I'm sorry, I I didn't re you know I misinterpreted things, whatever. And Mickey is okay with it for whatever reason and decides to walk to the train station with him where we then switch to a security cam. Yeah, Which also is a weird. Little, little weird. But at least, you know, if they just showed a security cam the entire time, that would at least Would have made more sense. sense, right? But whatever. And they're walking along and you hear a train coming and uh, James Storm goes, hey, is that your phone? No, let me see it, grabs her phone, and shoves her onto the tracks and says, oh, that's a long fall. It is the most bizarre. First of all, you don't really know they're at a train station because it's black and white footage. Yeah, but they say and it's at a train station. I you hear, hear you. Train, but, but yes. It, they might as well have been in my basement. Yes. Who knows where they were when they shot this? But the the assumption is that James Storm just tried to kill Mickey James by pushing her in front of a train. It's funny you say that because it's it was only my assumption because it's what everyone else's assumption was. Well, that's what it. I mean, you hear the train, but you it, say, "Uh oh, it's coming." You push her off, and then you, he calls Magnus on the phone and is like, "She's not going to be home for dinner." But the but here's my question: Is it supposed to be a a? He says it's a long fall. Was the fall itself supposed to kill her? Or was she supposed to be well, hit I, by a train? Either way, he was trying to kill well, hang her. hang <laughs> on. No, no, no. You say that, but that's why I'm so confused by it. I don't know if he was trying to kill her. Well, what else or was he, he was trying a, to do? I don't know. Just be a dick. <laughs> be, be a dick and push her off of a right. cliff or whatever. Because she didn't die. <laughs> she didn't. She she suffered mental anguish from it. The damnedest thing, other. man. It was the single 
So what, what happened this week? Oh, they just said they said they just they didn't show either of them. I think they briefly showed the clip and they cut back to uh, Josh Matthews and uh, the Pope. He's, he's the uh, color guy now that Taz is gone. D'Angelo De Niro. Oh, I didn't know that. That's funny. Who uh, formerly known as Elijah Burke right. in WWE. Right. But um, they cut to it. He's like, well. We're happy to say Mickey James did not suffer any uh, injuries. She has some. She obviously has some mental anguish now, though, or but something like it that. It is the weirdest. Like, why are you going to to film that if you're not going to do anything? With well, that? right. If that was your storyline, it's dark, but go with it. You know what I mean? Like, if that was what you imagined was we're going to kill Mickey James <laughs> or attempt to kill Mickey James. But here's. But here's, now they're like trying to back off it so that it wasn't even that they were attempting to kill her. That they were just. It was a playful bump at a train. St- it's the weirdest. But they're they're making it all serious because they're saying you know mental anguish from this like he she knows he was attempted to kill. And when you cross this line, you or, know, anything okay. that happens in the ring in the arena is one thing. Once you're doing you know a somewhat serious thing at a train station, you know it well, it, it begs the thing of of credibility. It, it just completely. Well, I don't know. Well, not, not I don't know if I want to go down that road. It, it defies the, the suspension of disbelief. I just don't understand what the point of any of it well, was. Well, yeah, it was just ridiculous. It was ridiculous, especially if you're not going to bring cops into it now. If the idea was <laughs> that you wanted to have James Storm mess with Mickey James, didn't you accomplish that by having him... Fly her out to and, Tennessee and, and, and waste her time? Right. Yeah. Why did it have to go down the road of evil unless you really wanted to make him out to be evil in which case then go right have an investigation yeah have, you, you need to bring cops into this you need him you know you need magnus to be of course magnus is going to come out i want a match with you well great i don't think a match is going over to over trying wife. to kill your wife <laughs> yeah, you exactly wanna, i tell you what you tried to kill my wife so now i want a match like yeah whole thing is just weird i don't know what they were attempting to do yeah. i don't know really where it went wrong it, it went wrong at that moment that's at, where at it, the train. At the train. That's I don't what, know that anything that even led up to that made a whole lot of it sense. It didn't though. make sense, but it wasn't. It, it just kind of went along the creep. You know, James Storm is creepy. Right. Yeah. Which is fine. Creepy. Fine. Attempted murder. Not. Look, fine. I'm all for these other shows trying to do different things, and they but got they got to get to, attention. It, it has to fit your your culture. It has to fit the the theme of your show. Having someone get killed in a non-campy environment does not fit. You say that, man, but, like, you know, it takes a character in an entirely different way. Like, somehow he gets away with it, or, you know, he wanted to kill her, but he didn't. And I I, I think you can do things with that character. The problem is it's a bit too radical. It's a bit too radical. I I mean, you're literally making him a killer. You're you're making him... But how do you have him on the show the next week? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. You can't then not bring cops into it. Right. <laughs> like, what, right. what is, he, is he going to be the killer? Is he going to start killing off it? Is he going to become a serial killer after that? Ah. Like, where do you go from it's there? A, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's too much. Um, on, right. on, on, on the good side, Lucha Underground is advertising a 60-minute match next week between Johnny Mundo, John Morrison, speaking of tough enough, <laughs> and uh, the champion Prince Puma, who, if you don't, haven't watched Lucha Underground, is also Ricochet on the indie scene, so ah. should be a absolutely fantastic match. So that's worth watching. Next Prince week. Puma and his soccer shoes. All right, now. He's uh, managed by Conan. Oh, is he really? Oh, that's yeah. cool. All that's right. cool. All right, good deal. That's our uh, quick count for the week. Let's get into our top five as we wind down on this week's episode of the show. Um, normally our top five is our top five things that we genuinely like, things that we actually like in the world of WWE is normally we spend 
um, more of the show bitching. There was some bitching in this week's episode, but not quite as much because... But I, I think that if we had done a top five on that this week, I would have done our truth for all five spots. Oh, my God. So. It was the best. Yes. The best. I've been telling you for the last month. Yes. Yes. We need to all sit down and revisit the way we think about our truth. Yes. Because our truth has been a tremendous portion of the programming for a long time. But right, anyway. it, it, that would have been all five, so we decided not to go all that right, route yeah. this Instead, time around. Said it's our top five mic workers. Top five mic workers. And uh, Aaron, I'll tell you, look, for the most part, these are guys that fall into my wheelhouse. Guys that I really watched during my lifetime. Guys, I, I just, it's very difficult for me to compare anyone to Classy Freddie Blassie. And it's not because Classy Freddie Blassie wasn't good on the mic, it's because. I didn't right. watch classy Freddie Blassie week in and week out. And so you got to keep that in mind. If you're 60 and you listen to the show, I'm really glad you listened to the show. I appreciate it. I'd like to have your input on the show. Email us. What is our uh, email address? Uh, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Email us your thoughts about it, and I'd love to get your input. But I can't speak to you, unfortunately. And I, it's not to say that I don't you know, respect your opinion about things. My list is going to be a little bit more modern, I think. My number five. I'm starting this week. All right. My number five is Kurt Angle. Ooh, and okay. Kurt Angle in part, and I think I, we graded on a curve with Kurt Angle. Our expectations for Kurt Angle on the mic were so low when he arrived because he arrived as an actual athlete. He was here to be a wrestler, not to be a professional wrestler. And yet he turned out to legitimately be one of the greatest of all time in both departments that clearly his in-ring work, we all know exactly how great he is. But Kurt Angle on the mic was damn good. Now, when we talked to him a few weeks ago, um, he ended up crediting a lot of his favorite moments to others and said this was their idea. That's fine. That's why you have writers. He executed it. He ex- Correct. He executed it. And putting Kurt Angle in a situation where you said, dude, you're going to go in there and do a rap battle with John Cena. That could be yeah. live, That could live in infamy as one of the worst moments for any legitimate professional wrestler. Instead, we revere it as one of Kurt Angle's all-time great moments. It's incredible how good Kurt Angle was with stuff that he should have never been. This was not an actor. This was not a trained, um, you know, improv player. He was a guy that was an athlete through and through and came in and dedicated himself to the craft and will go down as one of the greatest guys ever on the mic. Number five for me, Kurt Angle. Uh. Boy, I didn't even have uh, Kurt Angle on my list there. I had a list of five, and then I had like five honorable mentions just because I was trying to figure out who was going to be on my list. That's okay. I'm allowed to have a better list than you. It's fine. <laughs> but um, the most awkward laugh of all time, by the way, Aaron. That that was a little bit of a creepy <laughs> laugh. <laughs> it doesn't even sound like a fake laugh. No. It just sort of sounds like a. I'm gonna let some noises come out of my <laughs> mouth right now. My three through ten was just all jumbled up. Uh, my top two were the only ones that were definitive, but I came up with uh, Mick Foley as my number five. That's a good one. Mick Foley, I, I loved his style, and he goes into, like we talked about, that Dusty, that storytelling style. You know, you say what you want, Cactus Jack in ECW. Cactus Jack in WCW, people forget how good he was on the mic, bringing out a birthday cake, singing Happy Birthday to Sting, and making it the creepiest promo of all time. Of course, the Kane Dewey promos. Uh, mankind. The interview. Yeah. The interview with Jim the, Ross. The interview with Jim Ross. Uh, just some of the stuff he did, the way he was able to, 
you know, he was able to do this storytelling stuff, but he was also be able to do the comedy bits. He was able to do the this is your this is your life yep. rock. Yep. Um, you know, Mick Foley is just I'm amazing. Not doubting it one bit. He did not make my list, but it's not because he isn't one of the all time greats and certainly deserving of a spot on the list. My number four is Jericho. Um, just just dynamite, fire on the microphone, dropping tremendous promos. There are probably things that we look back on in the same way that like The Rock isn't on my list, and that's probably unfair because I know the greatness of The Rock. It's just that I know that if I went back and listened to The Rock, I would probably cringe at a lot of it because it was, you know, sexist. It was whatever it was. Jericho in the same way, I bet there's a lot of his stuff that probably doesn't hold up quite as well as I would want it to because he went the cheap way in trying to get jokes and be funny. That being said, it doesn't change his greatness, and when he needed to cut a promo, he cut a damn good promo. Chris Jericho, my number four. Well, my number four is The Rock. <laughs> I get it. And look, yeah, I'm, not, yeah, yeah, no. I'm not knocking it. I get it. And I, I almost left off the list just because I, you know, I prefer this storytelling style, and that was not The Rock. The Rock nope. was the king of the one-liners, but just he perfected that art. He perfected that style of delivering promos. Other people did it before him. Other people have done it since. But The Rock is perfect in that style of delivering promos. And his charisma just cannot be denied. You add his facial expressions to the mix, and uh, he's my number four. My number three is CM Punk. Um, I'm conflicted in my, my thoughts on CM Punk, right? Because part of it speaks to the problem that professional wrestling has today, that when he was a face, he had to be, or when he was a heel, he had to be cool. He had to be the cool heel. And I loved CM Punk as a heel, but that was part That's of the problem. That's a problem. Right. Part of the problem that, that we are, that openly is being discussed by guys like Jim Ross right now, is that you're not supposed to love the heels. Now, we do. We're, that's never going to change. But it's what makes the great heels, like what we're seeing right now with Seth Rollins, so great, is that I can live with the fact that I'm not cool. I can live with the fact that I am the butt of the joke because I'm just supposed to be dastardly. I'm just supposed to be the bad guy. Right. And that it makes you end up having soft villains, you know, like you, you want the, the, the real evil villain, right? Well, the evil villain is cool. Right. So I'm conflicted in the way that I remember, remember CM Punk, but it changes not the fact that our greatest memories of CM Punk were the pipe bomb and were his all-time great promos. And so I can't have a list. In the modern day, no one was better with the microphone than CM Punk, and I don't know that anyone will have as many mic moments that stand out so significantly in in this era. I'm going to disagree with you on this. Okay. There is one man mm-hmm. who, in this era, yeah. is... It's Paul Heyman. Oh, well, he's... well. Okay, I meant wrestlers. My bad. Okay. You're right. Yeah, I, I think Paul Heyman... I think the one thing that Heyman... The one thing that I always... You know, I, I, I love CM Punk. I, I love his work. The one thing that I had a little bit of trouble with is that he didn't know where that line was as far as breaking the fourth wall. It's one thing to I put a it. crack in the it, fourth wall. This was wall, the work shoot. And, and he just... He, he went. He he didn't know how to not go too far with it. He did the whole. This isn't uh, CM Punk talking to Triple H. This is Phil Brooks talking to Paul Levesque, which killed that feud to me. But um, Heyman knows that perfect balance between character work and bringing in little wrinkles of uh, real life. There, he's able to sell anything. He could sell me on JTG versus Brodus Clay if he really wanted me to. So where is he on your list? He's number three. That's insane. It, it's not when you think of the top two. That's insane. It, it's not. He's number one. <laughs> He's number one. Okay, He's that's number fine. Number one. 
He's number one on my list. Absolutely. He's my top. Well, Which I, means I, I think you know that my number two is Dusty Rhodes. Right. So, well, that means you, you left off somebody you shouldn't go have. Go ahead. Give me your two. My number one. two is Dusty. Mm-hmm. And my number one is Flair. Okay. And I understand that, <laughs> and I get it. I, I, I'm going to say this the same way. Flair's heyday was before my heyday. So I almost, I am, I'm, when I'm, it's, it's not, I'm eliminating him from my list in a lot of ways. Somebody said, well, how can you that include Dusty? I'm including Dusty because all I'm thinking about right now is Dusty. I, I, and I almost didn't put Dusty on because I wanted it to be about my mm-hmm. era. Like I thought about putting the rock on instead. Um, I guess if I included Dusty, I needed to include Flair. So I should have just left them both off and that's my right. fault. Um, I hear you. Uh, trust me, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, my my honorable mentions included guys like Stone Cold. I can't believe, you know, neither of us had Stone Cold on uh, the list. I'm looking, just... Bo- Bobby Heenan, Roddy Piper, Jake the Snake. Yep. I had all those guys on my honorable mention list. Is anybody else in the modern era that we're missing? I mean, the Miz. Any... Uh, okay, I can make an argument for the Miz. And someone not, t- not top five, but... Someone you... would tell us that we're underselling Cena, that yes, while the character oh, I considered, sucks, I the mic work Cena. has been you as, know, as good. As far as his delivery, he is... The other guy who I consider was Vince. Oh, yeah, sure. Jeez. Yeah. Actually, how did not include Vince? I mean, I, I thought about Vince, and to me, you know, he was great at all, but it was more his expressions than the actual words that came out of his mouth that I thought. So I thought as far as Mike Worker goes, I mean, he had the best expressions ever, and his expressions told the whole story. Now, what? Uh, of course, the other one that we're forgetting is uh, Gene Snitsky. Oh, dude, of course. It wasn't my <laughs> fault. Well, that Heidenreich. Um, oh, man, Heidenreich, with, with, with right? The, with the disaster pieces. What about Simon Dean? How did we leave Simon Dean off the list, Aaron? All right. I mean, the, the real number one, though, is R-Truth. All right. Good. We, we both agree. Actually, R-Truth. <laughs> Dude, this, if, whenever we finish doing this podcast, whenever it's over, what we will have come from it is that I fell in love all over again with the greatness that is R-Truth. Yes, absolutely. He's one of the greats of this era. And that, I'm going to make this statement right now. Fucking R-Truth better make it to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I mean, criminally, you look at his overall work. Criminally. NWA champion, NWA TNA champion, you know. Criminally underappreciated, R-Truth. Criminally. Okay, right. quick. All right. <laughs> uh, there you go. There's our, our uh, That's our top five, the all-time great mic workers. All right, thanks to uh, our buddy A.J. Francis for checking in with us a little bit earlier on tonight, our main eventer, making his picks for Money in the Bank. Always good to hear from A.J., or at least we'll say it's always good, and then when we turn the mics off, I can say, what an asshole. Uh, That's the way that it goes. Uh, Appreciate um, you guys listening in and allowing us the opportunity to share our memories and our thoughts about the passing of the great uh, Dusty Rhodes. And again, we'd love for you to share your thoughts about Dusty, about the show, by uh, emailing us at jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Please continue to support WrestleCrate, WrestleCrate.com. Please continue to tell your friends to subscribe to the show on iTunes. Give us some stars. It helps. It gets us better placement. It gets us uh, better guests. It gets us all the things that you want on this show if you would just please share it out. Our buddy Brandon in Parkville is the king. Brandon, thank you. You could not be sharing it out more be like Brandon. Please share the show, share what we're doing, and uh, give us some stars if you would, please. 
Aaron, uh, you're on Twitter at? D.A. Oster. And what's coming up for uh, you with the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Oh, uh, probably later this week I'm going to have, uh, I put out kind of a breaking news update as far as Dusty Rhodes. Probably sometime this weekend I'll kind of be able to pen all of my thoughts down as far as what I actually think about all that, of course. We have Money in the Bank coming up, so I'll have my Money in the Bank preview and recap. And uh, they're all. Very good. Um, I am on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. You can find out more about what I do at glennclarkradio.com. Appreciate you being with us. For Aaron Oster, I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out.